Hey everybody, good to be with you. David here. Welcome to David Heavener Live. <sighs> so good to be with family and friends. You know, it's like people just don't get it. You know, you talk to them, you tell them what's going on with this, you know, coronavirus and everything. And you ask them about God, bring God into the picture. And all they want to talk about is, you know, how to make a face mask. Or, hey, let's take more vitamin D. Nothing wrong with vitamins. You know where I stand on that. Build up that immune system. But we have to build up our spiritual immune system. Folks, God is speaking. All right? And I'm so glad to be with you every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, hey, you know what? We are, we are the remnant. We are the church. Okay, so what are we talking about tonight? What God has laid on my heart. I want to talk to you about one of the oldest generational curses that exist. Now, you and I know about generational curses. If not, you can go back and look at some of the shows, some of the videos we cover it. And I'll cover it a little bit here. But I want to talk about what it is and what Jesus said about it over 2,000 years ago. All right. So uh, right here, let's go to Matthew 24, 3 through 5. Matthew 24, 3 through 5. And I, I want to read this, okay? So as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately, tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of age? Now they're asking him, basically, when is going to be the end of this world? When, is, when are you coming back? When is all this going to happen? Jesus answered, okay, very specifically. He said, number one, he said, watch, okay, watch. You see, here's the thing. Nobody's watching. I mean, who is watching? If you if, look at what's, folks, I, like I said, I have to pinch myself. Uh, you know, every time I get out of bed in the morning, is this really happening? I mean, I couldn't even put this in Last Evangelist. It's so, no one would buy it. It's so bizarre, okay? But it's happening, and what's shocking is how the Christians are laying down and just playing dead, the quote Christians, okay? But the main thing is, what really bothers me, is no one's watching. Jesus told them the number one thing is we have to watch. We have to wake up. We have to be alert. What's the number two thing? Don't be deceived, Okay, so I'm getting everyone now telling me, David, 5G, David, it came from an animal. I mean, you know that spill about all about the coronavirus. Don't be deceived about the coronavirus. Jesus wasn't talking about don't be deceived about a coronavirus. In other words, what is that going to do for us? What are we going to do with it? Jesus is talking about many will come in my name saying I am the Messiah. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah. He will deceive. This false Messiah, these false prophets will deceive many. Okay. You go, David. Okay. So I don't see the Antichrist sitting on a throne and, you know, ruling like I thought he would do. It doesn't happen that way. When it talks about in the temple, yes, I, I do believe that he will be in Israel, in Jerusalem, but we are the temple. You know, he's occupying the temple, the people. The Antichrist system is now in place. All right. So here we have church is shut down. 
the economy is basically uh, gone. And it, if it's not gone now, it will be in a, in, a, in a week or two. Okay, everything is on lockdown, shut down. Unless the government gives you permission, you will not go or do anything and things are getting tighter and tighter. When the church buildings, these mega pastors and the small pastors, these apostate churches, when they emerge, they will probably be owned by the government because the government is now giving them loans. They're offering money to the churches, and I would imagine it's the mega churches because that's the ones they want to own and control. So the ones that will still be in existence, and I talk about this in Last Evangels, will be the government-ran churches, okay? The, the true believers will be worshiping in small groups underground. I mean, that's the first episode of Last Evangelist, the underground church, okay? So we'll be worshiping underground because there'll be so many rules and regulations, restrictions that probably most won't want to adhere to, but the big government churches will because, you know, they're getting the money from, from the government. So this is the way this is going to happen. But I want to go back to my main point, this generational curse, okay? And let's go back to the board here. The generational curse was over 2,000 years ago that Jesus spoke about. And what did he speak about? He spoke about beware of false prophets. Beware of, of uh, those that say, uh, I am the Messiah. Now, now let's look at that because... There's a couple of ways to approach it, and I've, I've heard many, many teachings on it, but I want to share something that God has laid on my heart. Okay, number one, we've just gotten past what I consider one of the most horrific slap-in-the-face pagan holidays. When I say slap-in-the-face, I mean slapping God in the face. It's just so uh, blatant, uh, that, and yet nobody is waking up. Well, I mean, a few of us are, you know. But let's talk about that, about Easter. Okay, Easter, you go, oh, no, David, don't, don't start on this Easter thing. I've heard so many people say it's pagan. But listen, if God is laying this on our heart to understand it, we must. Now, I'm not going to go into this in-depth teaching. I just want to kind of give you an overview because that's not really what this is about specifically. But we have Easter. Now, some say it came from Ishtar, some from Ast. Astre, I think that's that's German, by the way. It doesn't matter because no matter which one it is, it was a pagan goddess. Okay, now this one dealt with uh, sexuality. This one dealt with fertility. Actually, both of them did. They're they're pagan. Okay, it came from from a pagan religion, and churches now open their doors every year and they invite this pagan worship into their churches. And they go, oh, David, but wait a minute, hold it. Uh, well, I'm celebrating the resurrection. Well, okay, first of all, there's no place in the Bible that says you have to pick out a day to celebrate the resurrection, though you can. You can celebrate the resurrection uh, every day of your life. It's, I mean, that's fine. We need to celebrate that. Without the resurrection, we wouldn't have what we have. We would not be here, okay? But... Here's the thing. Are we going to take the paganism, the pagan worship, and bring it into our Lord, into this, into this resurrection? Would we dare to do that? You know, Scripture says 
that you can keep your sacrifices. I'm paraphrasing. I don't want your sacrifices. I want your obedience. You say, oh, David, but God knows what's in my heart. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the problem. What's in our heart is evil. And it doesn't matter what's in our heart, what we intend. It matters what is, what's, what's it all about with God. In other words, in order to bring a pagan religion like Easter to a god, one must make up their own god. One must have a another God. Okay? Will come in my name saying, I am the Messiah. There must be another God in order to bring something like Easter into the picture. Because if you brought it before the real God, I promise you, you would blow up. All right? You could not bring that kind of garbage into a real house of God, into the real, before the real God, you'd have to create a fictitious idol, a fictitious God, in order to bring Easter, Christmas, you pick it, you name it, before the almighty holy God. He will not allow it. So you see, folks, this is what we've done. This is what man has done. When I say we, I hope I'm not saying you and I, I ask the Holy Spirit to guide us through this, and I thank God humbly that he has given us uh, the information that he's given us over the past year and a half in this gathering. What I'm saying is that there is the real God. God requires certain things of us. It's called obedience. And if we know that something is wrong and we're disobedient, Obedient toward the real God, and we keep bringing him these, these blemished sacrifices. I don't even call it a blemish. I'm going to call it garbage, manure. And, and we couldn't do it anyway. He wouldn't even have anything to do with it, okay? But in order to do that, you've got to create a fake God, which is what the apostate church has done, okay? But now you're waking up. I'm waking up. More of God's people are now waking up, all right? So now, let's get back to the generational curse, okay? 2,000 years ago, we'll deceive many. Let's talk about this generational curse. Do you believe, could it be that this, and I'm going to call it virus, it's, I'm using the term loosely, and I don't want to get into all that, but the situation we're going through, could it be that this is the ramification? This is what... Uh, is happening because of the generational curse. Could it be, this is why so many, quote, Christians are sick and why the, the body of Christ is, is, is crippled right now, although getting stronger. But could it be, because we've allowed so many years of this generational curse into the true house of God, the true temple. You see, this generational curse has been passed down from religion, from church, from denomination to denomination, whether you're non-denomination, interdenominational, no denominational, denom it doesn't matter. It's been passed down ever since we were children, and we believe that this is God, we believe these are the things of God, but we have been spiritually brainwashed, okay? 
And it's time that we need to get back to God. I remember going to church as a little boy and, you know, I, I don't know why I would see the hypocrisy. I don't know why I would see the apostate, but even at seven years old, I would listen to the preacher preach hellfire and brimstone, walk outside and all the the adult men would be smoking and I'd hear them cussing. And then finally the preacher ran off with the secretary. I mean, this is, it was just horrific. And, and I'm sure you have stories that you could tell. But folks, listen, these things like Easter and Christmas and all these man-made pagan holidays, we got to get away from the idea, the thought that these are of God, okay? We've got to get back to God because these are just generational curses that have been passed down from generation to generation. We're going to think about that. We're going to pray about that. Actually, we are going to come up with a solution. There is a solution. It's not coming up with it. It's just a matter of bringing it forth. I talked about the blood of Jesus, okay? The manifestation of the solution, I want to explain something to you. Nowhere in scripture is it required that we uh, celebrate, celebrate, pick out a point a day for resurrection, although we can. I explained that, all right? It's not required, but there is something in scripture that is required, okay? It was required then, it could be required now. Okay, we're going to talk about this, all right? It's called, yeah, Passover, Passover, okay? You say, David, wait a minute, hold it. God required Passover. Well, first of all, let's talk about Passover, all right? Passover, what is it? It's when the Israelites, all right, were uh, in captivity. And God said, I'm going to bring you out. But what I'm going to do is send the angel of death through the houses to kill all the young children in Egypt. However, if you will take the blood that I instruct you to take and put it on the doorpost, the angel of death will not come in because of the blood, because of the power of that blood. Now, that was a precursor to the blood of Jesus. So now we have the blood of Jesus to put on our doorpost, okay? But God said something about Passover. Passover, Exodus 12, uh, 12 through 13. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all of the gods, the gods in Egypt, the gods, the, the, the pagan gods of Easter, uh, Egypt, meaning the modern-day church today. You see, this is the character of God. I am the Lord. God says, I am God, not some pagan. Don't create your own God. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Here's the backstory. When Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, this is in Exodus 12, 21 through 28, 
He said, go at once and select animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood and in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and on both sides of the door frame. None of you shall go out the door of your house until morning. All right. Now, this is very important. Verse 14. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance, a lasting or lasting ordinance. Number 24, obey these instructions as a lasting ordinance for you and your descendants. When you enter into the land that the Lord will give you as promised, observe the ceremony. And when your children ask you, what does this ceremony mean to you? Verse 27, then tell them it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord who passed over the houses of Israel. Israelites in Egypt and spared the homes when he struck down the Egyptians. Okay. So this is it. This God has instructed us to look at Passover, to observe, to adhere to Passover. This is one he has instructed us. You go, David, I don't know much about it. That's a Jewish uh, holiday. Look, the Jews celebrated it. Jesus came as a Jew. Okay, God spoke through the Jewish people. Don't call it a Jewish holiday. Don't call it a Jewish observance. It's God's people, observed by God's people, okay? This was one of the problems of how did we get into Easter and what happened to, you know, uh, Passover. Just a quick one. Okay, so uh, again, this was a pagan holiday, all right? Now you've got the, this guy over here uh, called Constantine, right here, okay? 325 AD from Rome. He's a Roman emperor, and I'm gonna, again, I'm gonna give you this very quickly, okay? Uh, he's only interested in money and power, all right? Uh, well, he took every religion that existed, he grouped it under one umbrella, and he said, on this day, this Sunday, this day of the God, Son, not the Son of God, but a Son God, we will have this holiday, this Christian observance, okay? And we're going to have Easter, all right? So he worked all that into it. Again, that's how that happened. Oh, by the way, did I mention that uh, Constantine didn't like the Jews. So would that be a reason why Passover kind of disappeared? All right. So we come back. We're going to talk about testimonies. I've had so many people come and say, David, what's your testimony? Would you give me your testimony? And the word testimony and the way people approach it, I have to tell you, it's never set right with me. I do give people a testimony, okay, and I'll explain it when we come back. But the question is, is testimony even in the Bible? Is it scriptural? And if it is, how is it? Where is it? We're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about something that's very disturbing and when I call a uh, distraction with this virus. It's major because now you've got this, the satanic force of abortions moving forward, full throttle. You should see what they're up to. And also child trafficking, the live streams, the online, what's happening 
with the abuse of children. It's skyrocketing. It's on the rise. We're going to talk about this when we come back. Stay with me. Everybody, David here. You know, I'm walking in this indoor mall and people are spending a lot of money. There's a lot of wealth here. But you know, there's many countries, third world countries, that don't have the resources. And that lays on my heart something very, very uh, important to me. God spoke to me and said, David, I want you to give away three DVDs of Last Evangelist. There is no reason ever why a church, a pastor, a Sunday school, a Bible study should ever be denied learning more about these end times. I want to print up DVDs and I want to do a workbook and I want to thank you for being part of this international campaign. God bless you all. Everybody is someone's last evangelist. You bring out what the other churches don't bring out. 10 million ritually abused people. Yes, you expose things that they don't talk about. So I just want to say thank you to David for making these videos because he's made people aware of what's going on. It's not the lukewarm church that's going to awaken. They're going to think, oh, the New World Order is wonderful. This is what we've been praying for. A demon right. could take on the form of an alien. You know, okay. Satan can mas masquerade himself as an angel of light. Okay. They get into people and cause people to do blood sacrifices and do all these demonic things. You talk about what other pastors, so-called ministers, don't talk about. I'm just so grateful for the work that you have done. So thankful for everything that you're doing and fighting for us in Hollywood. Stop playing church. It's time to be the church. And that's what I love about it.